listening to sermon audio from First Baptist Church of Van Holstein. For more information about First Baptist Church and our services, please visit www.fbcva.com. All right. Well, what a great group. Good looking group, too. Um, so, man, I, I remember a day when, when uh, I preached in July and uh, there weren't very many people in the room. Uh, we were all gone, dispersed to the nations during July. So uh, I, it's a big vacation month. But how many of you have been on vacation this, so far this summer? You went somewhere? Okay, you've done your trip, your summer trip. How many of you still have your summer trip to go? And how many of you say, what's a vacation? <laughs> all right, so everybody, everybody's hands raised at some point, right? So uh, in typical Griff fashion, I'm going to show some pictures from my vacation, uh, but not all of them. That's what Facebook's for. Uh, no, but uh, so, uh, but we, we've been on, we went early July. We typically go 4th of July week, and uh, we go to New Braunfels. I don't know if you've ever been to New Braunfels, and uh, just that, that lovely little city between uh, uh, Austin and San Antonio, um, second fastest growing city in the United States right now, only behind uh, like Frisco, I think. And so, um, and so, uh, but a beautiful town, right? So those German immigrants, when they, when they found that cold water and all those streams there, uh, I bet they just thought we're in heaven. And so, uh, and I think it's heaven pretty much when we go. We've gone only uh, for as long as Kerrigan's been alive. We've been going there for 21 years. Uh, and so it didn't start out that way, intended to do that, but it's been that. We go with Chrissy's family and her brother and uh, just the two siblings and the nine grandkids. Uh, and so a uh, lot goes on. So we're all there together, spending that week together. Uh, and so it's just a great time. Now, this is what's so good. If you've never been, and uh, there's a river, obviously the Guadalupe is a, a big river, uh, flows uh, out to the Gulf of Mexico, but there's a sm- uh, small river we float. It's called the Kamal, and it's in New Braunfels, and they call it the world's uh, largest, smallest river, or shortest river. And so, because it's less than a mile long, it flows into the Guadalupe. But it flows out of the city park, and the water is 72 degrees year-round. 72 degrees. Now, when we have 105 on the thermostat, not even feels like, 72 degrees. If we could walk out, man, those people in the hill country, man. Uh, walk out and get in that water, 72 degrees. It's pretty refreshing. And so we load up our tubes and put on cars, and we go jump in the river, and we do that every day from about 10 to noon. And, uh, but lately, over the last couple of years, as the kids have gotten older, uh, and I have a desire to enjoy the river more that we stay on. And, and so I've, I've been going early in the morning. I'll drink a cup of coffee and jump in. And even this year, uh, several times, Jaden would go with me. And we have these uh, scuba masks and uh, fins. And so we, we've watched people from our area in the past. Uh, so this is, where, this is where we go. That's the Kamal. And uh, you literally can take an Ozarka bottle, dump it out, fill one up from the river, put them on the counter and not know the difference. Uh, so, but in the morning, not, not at, later in the afternoon. But, uh, and so, uh, but in the mornings, it looks like this. And so uh, we'll get out in there, jump in the river and go find treasure. And literally. So this year we're, we're scuba diving this around. I found like a, 
a toddler's sunglasses. And I was like, hey, look what I found. Jaden's swimming around. She comes up and goes, look what I found, an a, a iPhone 13 Pro Max. <laughs> and I was like, oh, mine had mermaids on the side of the glasses. <laughs> uh, and so in a protective pouch, okay, it was protected. It just was eight feet under the water, <laughs> you know? And so uh, what's interesting, and so the, one day uh, I was doing that, and I ended up by the Tuber exit, and, uh, which is right down from where we stay, if you've ever been. And so uh, and that's where everybody's got to get out. Uh, and so by that point, and so what happens is, is people float for two hours. Uh, they take some items to drink along the river. And so by two hours in, at this point, they're, they're not all there sometimes. And so some things drop along the way at our place and down. And so I was down there, and what you see is at night and in the mornings, you'll see literal scuba divers going down there and collecting items. And so uh, there's this boy, and we're down there swimming, and he asked me, hey, how long have you been doing this? I said, two days. You know, we just stay here, and I'm just doing it. And he goes, I come pretty much, you know, on weekends and everything. And he said, he said yeah, two days ago, which was the morning of July 4th, not July 4th, he said, I found four phones and a wallet with $450 cash. And, uh, and so we're talking about this. And here's this boy, and he had to be 16, 17 years old. And he said, yeah, I called this guy, I called this guy, and he didn't answer the phone because, you know, we don't answer calls of people we don't know who the number is. And so, uh, and so he said, I couldn't even give the money back. And so, uh, so he finds his stuff, and you try to find the people and all that. So, um, and, and they do a good job there of trying to locate people, and we did too. And so... Uh, and in that, though, he said, he says this. He goes, I just don't get it. He said, I don't see why anybody would take anything over 20, valued over $25 on a river. Okay? And we're like, yes. And, uh, and I said, well, people got to have their phones. He's like, if you can't go two hours without your phone, uh, you, you know, something's wrong. And I said, okay, this is a kid, 16, 17 years old. I said, well, you're wise for your age. And he said, I really don't think it's anything about wisdom. I think it's about appreciation, appreciation of a river, of being around people uh, that you're with, about enjoying this cold water. It's an appreciation. And I said, like I said, you're wise for your years. And, uh, and so in that, you, you find this, uh, you know, wise for your age. And so Proverbs is talking about wisdom and being wise for our age. And what's beautiful about following God and following wisdom is you can be wise for your age. And let me just say this. Just because you get old and you get gray hair does not make you wise automatically. And just because you don't have gray hair doesn't mean you're not wise. And so uh, in that, you know, that's why Solomon tells his son and us that we should seek wisdom to go find it. Because it doesn't just happen. Uh, and it doesn't just come with time. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a seek and find thing. And so what we found, we're in chapter 3 of Proverbs. Uh, Mike preached verses 1 through 12. If you weren't here last week, it is available in our app, and our podcast to listen to that, as well as all the, the sermons uh, if you've missed any of those. And so, uh, but what we find is the father has encouraged his son to trust the Lord in all circumstances. And so he starts with, and we don't want to lose the connection 
to today's message because he starts with uh, speaking about wisdom and, and learning from wisdom, but he starts with going through hard times, trusting God in the painful process of, of training one's character through discipline. And so, uh, and he says, but he tells them that you're going to... You're going to go through discipline. A loving father disciplines his son. God does that to us. And so, and he says, but what follows, and that's what we're going to look at today, makes it clear that it is worth it. That it is worth it. That what our reminder here today is that adversity or discipline is a means towards wisdom and therefore blessedness. Say that again. Adversity is a means towards wisdom and therefore blessedness. And so... He's saying to his son, it can be hard, but it's worth it. And so he walks through that. So this connects to last week's message. And so we don't want to take it on its own because of that important, talking about adversity and discipline and what it profits. And then now today is the reward, okay? And so in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, it says this, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. And the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. And so what we see here is this father's talking to his son. Now, one of the interesting things is uh, the father uses uh, the word she, and wisdom is personified as a woman. Now, he's talking to a young man. He's saying, uh, you're going to chase after something. Uh, I get this. Yes, yes. You're gonna Wisdom. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. So, you know, you're chasing after this beautiful thing. And this beautiful thing is actually wisdom. And so, uh, so when he refers to her, her is wisdom in this. And, so, uh, and he's telling his son why you should pursue wisdom. And number one, he tells us and his son that your life will be enriched. Okay, your life will be enriched. The good father starts his challenge to his son with what's in it for him. And uh, that's an important piece, right? Don't our kids ask us Why? What good? Why? 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 Right? And so uh, it's important to know this is, it, there's some blessings to this. There's some reasons for this. It's not just do it because I say so. And with God, he doesn't do that to us. He doesn't say live this life because I say so. It says here's the reasons why. It's a blessing. You will live a blessed life. You will have life to the fullest. And he tells us, this is, don't just do it because I, I command you. Yes, I tell you to do it, but I do it because I love you. You know why? Because I created you. I created you, and I created your heart, your being, every bit ab about you. I also created all the world, and I created all the good things in the world that's been perverted. So I understand the uses and the correct uses of everything. And so when I give wisdom, it's for your pleasure. It's for your good. It's not for you to go, you know what? Man, I'm missing out. No, it's for your protection and for ultimately your blessings and your happiness. God says, I love you. I didn't create you to, to hold things back from you. I created you and loved you to give you everything that I designed and created for, 
full blessing, life to the max. And so in that, when we look at commandments, we need to look at them that way because that's what they're intended to be. Is why, and these proverbs and these trustworthy sayings and, and, uh, and what he tells us here, there's a reason. Your life will be enriched. And so we see verses 13 and 15. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. And nothing you can desire can compare with her. We see that silver, gold, and jewels is a fortune. And I love that this is a timeless thing, right? That we, we all, realization is that we, are, we live in a consumeristic world. We want stuff. But the reality is Solomon's son wanted stuff too. He wanted riches. Solomon wanted stuff, and he wanted riches. We all want that. There's, we, so this is it's a timeless truth with timeless ideals that we, we want these things that money can buy. But Solomon is saying, and what one commentary writer summarized it like this, wisdom makes you richer than riches ever will. That's what he's telling his son. The father challenges the son to live a profitable life, one which gain is gathered but more than just earthly gain. The Father reminds us that wisdom is not something we're born with, right? Because you have to go find it. You have to search for it. You need to gain it. You're not given it, right? And so it's something to be obtained. And when those who seek and find it, it says you will be blessed. And realization here, blessed can also be read as this, happy. Happy is the one. Happy is the one. Now, I understand there's a lot of sermons, and we do, and this is an important teaching of Christ and of, of his church and of ministers to our people, that there is something more than happiness, right? It's called joy. It's a deeper satisfaction than happiness. But the realization is sometimes we preach that to the point that we forget we're supposed to be happy, <laughs> you know, that God has made us uh, to, and blessed us, and we should be happy, and we should be happy people, and we should be a blessing because we are happy people who have been blessed by the righteousness of what God has given us, and, and it's all through Scripture. Don't, don't feel, I mean, enjoy, we're meant to enjoy life. God didn't just put us here to, as a holding ground for the next one. He wants us to have joy and happiness and to live life on purpose. And so blessed is the one can also be read as happy is the one who. And so what a, what a great thing to read. Notice that this blessing of happiness is what the father starts with in verse 13 and actually ends with in 18. And I, I want to teach you something, maybe something uh, that you might not know. And it, a lot of times when you read Proverbs and stuff, there's some, some repetitive nature to this. And in this Context, they're using a, a literary device called inclusio, which if you think about that, they didn't have periods and punctuation points uh, at this time. And so it's a, it's a way of starting and ending a sentence. It's kind of like today on Facebook and Twitter, there's no periods of punctuation points. And so, right? I, uh, and so I actually, when I put the, I write this on, on my Google sheet and when I merge, put it over to the, on the app, I uh, saw a lot of squiggly rhymes, and so then I thought, you know what? Oh, I, people are going to read this because it's, it's on the app. You can read along right now. You can know how far uh, it is till the end if you look on the app. And so, uh, but, so I put it on. I said, I better run, 
run it through my old trusted friend Grammarly. Uh, so I grew up in Oklahoma, and so I have a mega subscription to Grammarly, and uh, just forget sometimes not to use it. And so, um, so I run it through, and it told me I had 47 errors, okay? And, uh, and I, some of that's, I'm, I'm writing for me to read, and, uh, and I forget, oh yeah, I've got to share this. And so, uh, so I, I look at all the, my 47 errors, and, they, and pretty much 40 of them came down to this. I put commas where they weren't supposed to be, and I left out commas where they were supposed to be. That's it. 40 of the errors were just comma here, no comma here. Comma here, comma. Anyway, so anyway, at the end of this, is, there's a reason why it starts with this and ends with it because there's no periods. It can sound repetitive when we read it today, but it, it's an important device. Uh, so this thought is given to the people. And so wisdom is better. Wisdom is better than these riches. And why is it better? Because wisdom is better because it cannot be lost, destroyed, or stolen. Okay? cannot be lost on a river. Also, that kid told me he found a gold ring. You know? Found a gold ring. And so it cannot be lost, destroyed, or stolen. Yesterday I spent the afternoon, morning and afternoon in Arkansas... Uh, we are packing Kerrigan's apartment. She has about a two-week gap to the next apartment where she's going to live. So we, had to, we found the last storage unit in northwest Arkansas to put her stuff in, a five-by-five five unit. And I said, oh, she only has one room. <laughs> said as a guy, <laughs> you know, as a guy, uh, I should have known. I live with four girls. I should have known. Five girls. But anyway, I have four daughters. And so I should have known. And, uh, man, I did my best packing job I've ever done, I think, in that five-by-five five unit. I took five trips about 15 miles away That's how, from where we lived. That's how far we had to go. to. Five trips with my Explorer fitted in a five-by-five five storage unit. It was beautiful. Okay? I posted a picture on Facebook if you want to see it. It's a very proud moment. As I was driving by, Kerrigan goes, did you see that sign there? And I didn't. But the next ten times I went by, I looked at it. And so... And I said, sign? Yeah, it said, police park here to catch the speeders and the thieves. And, uh, and so I was like, what? And so I drove by. It was a four-by-eight piece of plywood in this guy's yard next to his driveway with a big spray-painted arrow. And it said, police park here to catch speeders and thieves with an F. And, uh, and so I wanted to take a picture and show it to you or have it, you know, and, uh, and, uh, but I did not bring my camera bag. I did not have my zoom lens. And you know what? I'm getting wise in my old age, and, and I know not to go walking on that property with my iPhone uh, to take that picture, right? You do not go walking on Arkansas property uh, to take a picture of something. So anyway, so it, that's what it said. It really did. And so in that, they're saying there people are stealing some of this guy's stuff, some of his possessions, and he wrote it on a four-by-eight piece of plywood because that's what happens with stuff, right? It gets stolen or it becomes unuseful, and all these things that we spend our savings on end up being $2 in a garage sale or set out in front of our yard saying free, and so wisdom is better because it helps us put what we possess in a rightful state. Realize this, that money can put food on a table, but it cannot put fellowship around it. Fellowship, does, uh, wisdom does that. Money can buy a house, but it cannot produce a home. Wisdom does that. Money can give a woman jewelry, but it can't buy her real love. So realize that Proverbs will teach us 
about happy homes and loving marriages and, and other treasures that do not have a marketplace value. And, and we as a culture, we like to have this saying, uh, but we don't really believe it. Okay? And the saying is, money can't buy happiness. Right? We say that. We advertise, actually, advertisers actually try to buy you stuff with that slogan. Money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a Lexus, which makes you happy when you're driving it. So therefore, you know, it's something like that. And so we say money can't buy happiness, but yet we'll go on Black Friday, you know, after we gave thanks at lunch for all the blessings of God that you poured out on us that money can't buy. But I'm going to go to Walmart at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm going to fight someone over a $5 savings on some trinket that won't even be in my house two years from there. Money can't buy happiness. But I'm going to run out on Good Black Friday. And I ain't speaking to the choir on that one, okay, because I've, I've been many Black Friday shopping, so don't, don't think I'm stepping on anybody's toes but mine. Anyway, your life is better because it will be enhanced is what Solomon tells, that you'll be enriched and then you, your life will be enhanced. And so in verses 16 through 18, it says, long life is in her right hand and her left are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. And so what we see is in Proverbs, you will find the risky life. You will find the foolish life is what he will use the terminology. Detailed, whether it be sexual sin or violence or controlling your speech. The foolish life can lead to an early death or a ruin of reputation. But Solomon reminds his son here that wise, that the wise life has benefits, and he's going to list some. And so what we see is lives are enhanced, and one of those ways they are enhanced is with longevity. Long life is in our right hand, that's what he says. And so what I'm about to say in a second might sound like common sense statement. But as I found that the, uh, uh, Voltaire said in the late 1600s, common sense is not so common. Or as Will Rogers said in the 1900s, common sense ain't common. Okay? So the long life is in her right hand. The realization is this. Wise living minimizes obstacles and threats to life. Wise living minimizes obstacles and threats to life. It has a cause and effect. And so this is something I see sometimes on Facebook is this meme right here. And it says, share if you've ever rode in the back of a truck and lived, right? So let me ask you, how many of you have ridden in the back of a truck, okay, and you lived, okay? And how many of you have ever lived, ridden in the back of a truck and not lived, so that's kind of part of the, that's kind of the problem with this uh, post, right, is the realization is, you know, I was driving on I-35 coming home from vacation, and there were a truck of college-age boys, talk about a truckload of wisdom, right? <laughs> and in the back were four guys on I-35. We're not just talking about in New Braunfels driving a mile to the river. I-35, 80 miles an hour. That is not wise. And so the statement is that 
long living, yes, but if you are wise, it will minimize obstacles to and your threats to life, like riding in the back of a truck. Okay, uh, and so last night we're driving home, and uh, and if you're a motorcycle driver, I know there's signs that say "Watch out for motorcycles." I know there's a lot of accidents for drivers in a car. I wrecked a motorcycle at 14; I've never been on one since. Uh, I understand they're hard to see. They're also hard to see when you're pulling out of a uh, red light and you're next to a truck in the complete darkness, and three motorcycles whip between three cars going 45 miles an hour, and then start wobbling, right, without a helmet. Wise decisions minimize obstacles to life. And so, but that's common sense, but it's not really common. And so the good father reminds his son that longevity for longevity's sake, although it's not just the goal, right? He didn't just thought and say, your life will be enhanced because you're going to live longer with, because of this wisdom. And the realization is that, you know, we're not just meant to live long and, and not be happy, we're going to live long, be plentiful, multiply, and be happy, be blessed. And so he says this, in the left hand, God gives two-handed gifts. Right hand, longevity. In the left hand, it says, our riches and honor. But it's funny how, like, just before that, it says wisdom is better than money and riches. But wisdom gives you perspective, Wisdom gives you respect, perspective on riches. So when you have money, you have the right perspective when you have it. And you do the best good for your life, for your family, and for others, and for the kingdom with it. And so in your left hand are riches and honor. And what's interesting is Proverbs, uh, probably the most famous section of Proverbs, is something that a lot of people in this room strive to be, right? You want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. It's a beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful pieces of scripture but there's a piece in there about a proverbs 31 man that he speaks to his son about right here and if you read in proverbs 31 there's a section that says her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land her work as a wife supporting her husband, and her husband is honored. And in the left hand, he's telling his son, God's going to give, give you long life, but in your left hand, he's going to give you riches and honor, a Proverbs 31 honor with this wisdom. And so those are some ways when we follow God, we're, our, our lives are made better and we're enhanced with loveliness. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. A life lived wisely brings peace. You ever know anybody has a lot of drama in their life? Let me say, I live in a house with four daughters and a wife. And yes, I probably have more drama than some. But I also know I have a way lot less drama than a whole lot of others because of maybe some decisions that by following God as a young man in college and stuff that have, have blessed my life to this point still. And I remember, I remember some of those times. I remember going, God, it sure looks like my friends are having a whole lot of fun. 
<laughs> this does not look like blessing. And yet, now look back, and I see. And so one of the things I wanted, going back to this river illustration to you today. And so uh, this Kamal, some of you kind of go, you float this river, and we always, you go back to this river for 21 years, and you're kind of, because you have this mentality of what this river is, uh, uh, because you've been on this river you floated it, and you're like, you take your little girls on this, you know? And so, yes, but we go from 10 to noon, <laughs> and, and not on the holidays when you went. Uh, but this is a picture of the Kamal uh, with the crowd on a Memorial Day weekend. Okay? So some of you are like, I've been there. I've been there, okay? And so that is not lovely. That's not peaceful. But what if I told you in a second, what if after that tuber exit that I talked about where the phones were found, right? What if after that tuber exit, within 100 yards of football field, this is there? That I took that picture. What if I tell you that's the same place? Our lives are a lot like that. When we follow God... There's a, there's a pleasantness with our life. And sometimes it's less drama. <laughs> and less drama is beautiful. <laughs> Let me tell you, that is, that's what that young man was talking about appreciating. Not the first picture, <laughs> right? And so in that, he's telling his son, Your, her ways are pleasant and her paths are peace. That's one of the most peaceful pictures I've ever, and places I've ever been. And it is less than a football field away from one of the most raucous places on the 4th of July that you ever want to be. The choice is yours. It's the same path. It can be two different things. And our lives, finally, and most importantly, are enhanced with the tree of life. Okay? And it says this. It closes out. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, those who hold her fast are called blessed. So it's interesting, this statement of tree of life. And uh, the tree of life used in Scripture is found in three books. It's found in Genesis, it's found in Proverbs, and it's found in Revelation. That's it. And so we see it first in Genesis 2, verse 9, and really kind of with a little bit of not very much fanfare, okay, Uh, for how cool this is. So the Lord... It says this, the Lord God made all kinds of trees that grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Right, Mike McMakin? Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. I love that it's pleasing to the eye. That's what I like. That's what I like taking pictures of. Good for food and produce, that's another. But they're both things, right? They're for landscaping and for substance. It's a beautiful thing that God designed. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. How we often think of this as there's only one tree that Adam, you know, in the middle of that was, obviously there was one tree that he wasn't supposed to eat of, and there were all these other trees, but the idea that there were two trees, and there was a choice between one or the other, there was a choice between the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There was a choice there were two trees, and, and, in this, and it was placed in the center of Eden. And we see Diedrich Bonhoeffer writes about this 
these trees and their location, especially the tree of life. And it says this, the quote can be on the screen. The, the life that comes from God is at the center. That is to say, God who gives life is at the center. At the center of the world that has been put at Adam's disposal and over which Adam has been given dominion is not Adam himself. Try telling a teenager they are not the center of the world. Right? They believe they're the center of the world. We believe we're the center of the world. That the world revolves around us. That when God created this, Adam was not the center. He was given dominion and a job and placed in Eden, but he was not the center. It is a tree of life, of divine life. Adam's life comes from the center, which is not Adam, but God. And that's our challenge to us today, to center our life around God, right? And so eating of this tree in Genesis, so in Genesis 3.22 is another mention of the tree of life, but it's after the fall. It's after they have eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eating from this tree in Genesis 3.22, it says this, And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. That was what would have allowed Adam and Eve to live and go on and on and on. It was the tree of life, and now they're not going to, so now we die. And so this tree of life gives immortality. It gives life eternal. And so when, when Proverbs 3.13 says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. To start this section out, in some translations it says, blessed is the man who finds wisdom, right? In the original language, that same word could be used for Adam. It's a word for man. And so what he's saying here is Solomon connects wisdom to what was lost in the garden. Blessed is Adam, the one man, Adam, who finds wisdom. And then at the end, if you look at Verses 18 and 19, the writer of Proverbs, after mentioning the tree of life, uses creation language. The Lord by his wisdom, is this, uh, the Lord by, uh, this is next screen here. So the Lord by wisdom, this is the end of this section in Proverbs. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens, and by his knowledge the deep broke open and the clouds dropped down to dew. And so the usage of tree of life in Proverbs, the other usage are probably metaphorical, but I think this one ties when he uses Adam and he has this creation language to wrap up. He is gathering all this together because he's saying what was lost in the garden, we reach for wisdom, but we reach for wisdom without God. And Adam and Eve sought to be like God, to determine right from wrong. Hmm. That doesn't happen today, does it? They ate of a different tree than the tree of life, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And as a result, they became unwise and inherited death. And they and we, we lost Eden. The wisdom that Solomon speaks is more than wise sayings. It's a connection to wisdom personified in Jesus Christ. What we see here, and I think what Solomon is giving us, is this beautiful picture of redemption, the golden thread of redemption that started, started before Adam sinned. 
started at the beginning and it goes to the end. And, so, and Solomon is connecting this and saying that if, if we take on wisdom through Jesus as New Testament believers, we take on wisdom, not just, not the wise, not just wise sayings, but this connectedness to the tree of life. You will live and you will receive what was lost in Eden. When we as believers walk in wisdom by abiding in Christ, as John 15, 5, Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And then Jesus even answers why with this. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. Joy in you. And that you might be blessed, right? just like Solomon, that your joy will be complete. I'm completing this. I'm putting it all together. One, one that will come, and what's interesting is, you know, Jesus tells his disciples, hey, I am leaving, and they're distraught. He's leaving, but he says there's going to be one that's going to come back, and he's going to be greater than I. Whoa. Greater than Jesus? And the reason is, is he's saying the Holy Spirit's going to come. And when the Holy Spirit's going to come, it's just like right now, it's just me and you and us guys here on the beach and around the fire. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be indwelling my believers for the rest of time and history like he does us today. And therefore, greater than I. And we will, and in that, when we abide in Jesus, abide in the Holy Spirit, and we walk in wisdom, which is walking with Jesus and abiding in the Spirit and abiding in Him and staying connected to Him, that's true wisdom. And in that, we experience moments of happiness and blessing in life. He came to give us life and give it to the fullest. We return to Eden. The tree of life was an eternal tree. It would have been what sustained Adam and Eve for immortality in the garden if they ate of it. And when we partake of Jesus, the tree of life, we have been restored to Eden. And we'll have eternal life because of this tree. The wise saying of Jesus, of, of, of Jesus and of Solomon is what we're studying. But the realization is it's connected to Jesus as believers today. And I think that's what he was pointing to here, is that this is life. There's some wise sayings, and I want, I want you to walk in wisdom because I created you on purpose with a purpose, and I created everything, and I've designed it so I understand it, and I know the blessings that I intended for you. And that's why I give you these instructions to protect and to bless and to give happiness and joy and for you to impact others and influence others and to use your honor and respect to share who I am that others might know. And it's who we are and it's what we're about. And so when we can stay connected through Jesus, we, we seek and we find wisdom. And that's our challenge today. Will you pray with me? Just as we think here for a moment before we pray.
just a realization that God has taken us because some of our unwise decisions out of the miry blog, bog like we read this morning to start this service out. And we're so thankful for our, in our sin, Christ died for us. In our foolishness, Christ died for us. And so we're thankful for grace. So just thank God for grace on how he's blessed you when you don't deserve it, when you didn't live wise and you rode in the back of the truck. And yet, still blessed. And then the real, just thank God for that for a moment. Just thank him for his grace despite your own foolishness. And then as we walk forward in Proverbs and in our life, the realization that God wants us to be happy and to have the fullest. To, when we seek him, are you seeking him? Are you seeking? Because he says, when you seek, you will find him. When you seek him with all your heart. Are, are we doing that? Are we abiding in him? Are you partaking of the tree of life? And maybe in this room, you say, I've never reached out and, and taken of the tree of life for an understanding that that's my connection to eternity, that Jesus is, a, is our Lord and our guide and our Savior. If you've never trusted fully in Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe today is a day of salvation for you to partake and to reach out to the tree of life and to pull its, pull its fruit off to connect with Jesus, the tree of life. Maybe we don't always have the invitation in a service, but the invitation is always open to come talk to me before or after, whatever, our pastors, other people. But I'm down here. If you're, if you're saying I've never reached to the tree of life, and I would like to do that today. That's what I'm here for. Even as Keegan sings today, you respond with how God is leading you in your heart and your response to him and his wisdom and what he has for you. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that you love us. We don't know why. Such fools we are. Such rebellious fools we are. But God, you love us. And even in our rebellion and before Adam's rebellion, you had a plan. And we see that plan laid out in Scripture from Genesis to Proverbs to the tree that our, that our Savior would die on to be the tree of life for immortality for us today. God, we thank you for that plan, that despite our foolishness, you are a good father. May we follow you more and more in the days ahead. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Van Alstine. For more information about our church, visit www.fbcva.com.